There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle at Boveda. This is Box Press. another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne. I'm at the PCA 2022 show, and I'm sitting down with Desiree Silver from Drunk Chicken Cigars. Desiree, thank you for joining me. Ah, thank you your for having me. Your brand caught me off guard. I was following somebody who was smoking a lot of cigars, and I saw this band that it was actually the Maduro, which is blue, and it has, a, has silver, and it has a chicken on it. And I said, who would put a chicken on a cigar <laughs> band? And then on top of it, what's the name of this? So I, I quick, you know, chicken cigar Googled. I don't have, I, you know, I don't know what it is. Drunk chicken came up. I was like, oh my gosh, what kind of like creative mind decided <laughs> to go down this rabbit hole of naming all the cigars after chickens? Where did the name even start as an idea? So I love chickens. <laughs> I have chickens as pets. Okay. And so um, I live in the Washington, D.C. area, only about seven miles out. And my friends come over and they see all my chickens. And are you crazy, girl? What are you How doing? How many chickens do you have? On a good day, 30. Um, right now, we're probably about 25. Um, we have um, animals that come and take them because we free range our chickens. Um, awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, not that they come and take them, but they're free range. Yeah, they they're free range. Do whatever they're they free, want. Yeah, and then at night, we lock them in up. And at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, whenever I wake up, I let them out. And they go right back um, when it gets dusk. And I lock it. So, But sometimes, pray, get them. So we're about 25 right now. And um, we named them all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I love chicken. I grew up um, every summer. My mom's from Jamaica, threw me out there, oh. go hang out in the chicken farm, the cow farm, the goat farm, running around barefooted out there. So you're a farm girl. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I think that I love that more than anything in life. Um, sure. The animals. They don't talk back. <laughs> you're, you're connected to animals. I am. My wife is connected to animals as well like that actually is energizing to her she always said i always have to have a cat or a dog like yeah. that's just before you decide to marry me that's a stipulation and that's just good to know right because that's energizes her that calms her down yeah. so that it sounds like your your chicken hobby has really just been a passion project from day one yes yes and now do you do anything special with the chickens other than raise them because some people bring them to shows and all that, the state fair and all that. No, I just want them to live a good life. We do collect the eggs. I okay. love to buy chickens based on the color of the eggs that they um, lay. Okay. Blue eggs, green eggs, pink eggs. Um, so pink? I, pink, yes. I get a lot of pink eggs. Interesting. Um, I only have... You're talking about the shell, right? Yes, not the, the shell. Not the yeah, yolk, just, right? they, they're all the same inside, just right. like hair color almost. Um, I have some ducks. Uh, was trying to get a goat before COVID happens. And then when COVID happened, the lady that was selling me the goat said, no, we it looked like we may have a food shortage. I'm going to keep my goat. So I didn't get one. Um, I had a couple dogs. One Why did you away. want a goat? Huh? Why did you want a goat? Oh, I just like animals. You just like animals. Yeah. It wasn't like, like, you know, sometimes people are like, I need the goat to kind of eat the grass or the, 
eat no, this. No, this I is... just wanted the goat to hang out. Cool. I think they're cool. Some yeah. of the goats are fainting goats. I wanted a fainting goat. Did you scare them? <laughs> yeah. They go. They yeah. fall over. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. But yeah, I just like animals. They're free. They, they're, you know, no judgment. They hang out with you. You pet them. They cuddle with you. What's better in life? Right. Yeah. So do you have uh, dogs, cats in the house? Um, dogs. One, my dog passed away um, oh, recently. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, I had that little guy for a long time. Yeah. But, um, we're in the process of considering moving, so we're not buying any new animals right now sure. until we decide where we're going to move, um, what we're going to do. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's like a whole new moving process because now you have livestock to move. It's not just furniture and a U-Haul. Yeah. It's, it's furniture, U-Haul, and uh, a livestock truck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so, but as soon as we decide, like, are we staying? Are we moving? How long we're going to, whatever we're going to do. Um, we're just trying to think about our second phase in life. And a lot of the second phase in life is um, because of the cigars right now. Really? Yeah. Um, so you're thinking of moving out of state or in state? Out of state. Um, okay. More so um, Florida, closer to our um, rollers. Um, we won. Um, my husband recently retired, um, so he can move wherever. I work remote. Um, I can go wherever. So we're just trying to, you know, figure out our second stage of life right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And the kids are grown. Really? How old are your kids? Um, 19 and 17. The 17-year-old graduates from high school and gets an AA um, this year. 17 graduating from high school and getting uh, her AA at the same time. Smart kid. And my um, 19 year old did the same thing when she graduated. Wow. So, I okay, so that's like the total opposite of what technically the culture is doing right now. Like, I feel like most people who are younger are going through high school and then on to college or some sort of secondary. And then on to like experiencing their young adult life and then like slowing down in their 30s to get married and well, then not having kids until they're in their 30s. And it's like your kids are on the total opposite spectrum of this like accelerated through school and on to the next. Well, uh, they have a mom with a Ph.D. who's I used to be a professor as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. A, a professor of what? I, I used to teach at University of Maryland, um, UMUC, um, Strayer University, and I taught any contracting class, any business class, any finance class. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I have a um, master's in finance, a PhD in organizational leadership. Business That's awesome. PhD. So did you homeschool your kids? Is that why no. they're on the fast track or like just happens? I didn't homeschool, but education is very important. So if they want to do extracurricular activities, homework came first. And then mommy homework. They always have mommy homework. <laughs> I always bought workbooks, three to four grades advanced. So I sat down. I taught them. They knew how to spell their name before they were two, both of them. Wow. Um, so I and it, to me, it's very important to sit down with your kids, um, figure out where they are in their learning process and teach them at their pace. That is so true, because I'm experiencing that with my small family. I have a one and a half year old daughter and I just had a son who's three weeks old. And my daughter was like sign language and she's talking and it's like I got to keep feeding that yes. need to like 
get workbooks. Right. And they love it when they're writing and crayoning. And even if they don't understand it, just have it in front of them and then sit down for two seconds and, and just go through it with them. And you'll be surprised how much they pick up. That's good advice. And the time spent yeah. with the child during that development stage is so important to their development. Yeah. And teaching them their name. Find a song that they love and oh, yeah. sing it with their name. We got my, the wheels yeah. on the bus. She'll do that. Yeah. She'll do the wheels on the bus every once in a while. Yeah, mine was S Y D N E Y F O U S E. That's it. That's yeah, an advanced so one. That's how I taught her how to spell her name. So when she went to school, she knew how to spell her name. She knew her first and her last name. That is awesome. She sang it. She couldn't do it without singing it, but she develops it. So teach them where they are. I don't know the word for it, but when you use a, a, a song or something to help you spell something, there's, yeah. a, there's a term for it, but that's brilliant. Help you spell, help you learn, um, do crazy sayings. Um, when I was teaching kids in college, okay, you can't remember this? Come up with the craziest saying in one letter for each thing that you're yeah, trying to remember. Yeah, some sort of acronym yeah. and a, a phrase or a, yeah. It helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm, I'm that kooky person that believes in education, um, believes in bettering yourself. And education does not necessarily equate to college. Right. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I never force my kids to go to college. I force them to learn. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. There's and a then, difference there. Yeah. And if they want to go to college, what are you going to college for? Figure that out. And what is it that you're trying to do? And do you need a degree for that? If so, how long? Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Your kids are, they're going to be set. They got uh, you guiding them. They're amazing kids. I love them. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know all the professor stuff. So what made you switch over to the cigar stuff? I haven't switched. I just um, added in into my life. So you're still a professor? Um, I would tell you I'm taking more of a hiatus. So, but if I ever want to be a professor, it's always there. Okay. Yes. So do you have a full-time job right now? I do. What is it in? <laughs> I'm um, the um, program manager for the exchanges at NASA. NASA? I love it. Yeah, I never tell anybody that. So really? it's, it's really one of the first times I ever told anybody. Do you in an not want anyone to know about that? It's not that. It's just that um, always people go NASA and they go, Omar was at NASA. Oh, and yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's just a coincidence because I didn't even know Omar when he was there. Yeah, NASA. you don't want to steal his thunder. No, because that's what he does. That's, that's yeah. how he's advertised. That, you know, yeah, and yeah, I don't want your right. story, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but I think Omar does amazing things. And so right. I don't want to steal that away from what he's doing. Well, that's really humble of you to say. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That's super nice because we are all here. Yeah. Based on our own journey. Exactly. You're here based on your own journey. And so you're absolutely right. You don't want to mimic anyone to try to take their story away and make it less. Right. And Omar does amazing things. Yeah. He has amazing cigars. And that's his thing. He so. actually came to Minnesota and visited me. And I had a ball hanging out with him. Yeah. He's a blast. He's a, He knows how to have a good time. He's yes, a great he guy. Yes. But on your side of things, you decided to launch drunk chicken cigars why what's the why like what makes somebody want to just say i want to make my own cigar they're crazy <laughs> <laughs> um it's the, not easy 
no, it's not easy. And I, I didn't expect to, didn't want to, was never my goal. Um, uh, uh, Rico, which is my um, husband, we decided to um, make cigars for ourselves because we both smoke cigars. And our running joke was, all right, well, uh, we can only afford one of us smoking today, so which one gets to smoke? Because we are both smoking cigars. And cigars can be an expensive habit when yeah. I'm smoking two or three, he's smoking two or three or four or whatever it is that day. And so that was our joke. And um, when we um, stumbled into, ran upon the rollers that we work with today, um, they were so amazing. Oh, we can make anything you want. We were just making cigars that we liked, that we could enjoy, that with a variety of them. That And we bought up, we blended these five with the um, rollers based on he likes the DCO. It was number one. The mother clucker was great with red wine. That was number two. Number three was the fat hand. It was like that shorty nub. I wanted to smoke it at work, 45 right. minutes. Um, number three was living a dream because I was like, it's so smooth. It's so easy. I can smoke it anytime. And Sweet Dreams was my morning or afternoon delight. That's what we're smoking now, yeah. Sweet Dream. Exactly. So if, that's why and we ordered a hundred of them and we numbered them one, two, three, four, five. So we know how to buy them again. Yeah. And so you're literally just building out a portfolio for you to smoke on a regular basis that wasn't going to break the bank. Right. Brilliant. And when we um, started going to lounges, our friends were, what are you smoking? What's that number one? Oh, just some cigars we made. Here, have one. Oh, I love this cigar. You should sell it. We heard it so much that we started investigating. We so went to our lounger. You're said. just answering kind of like, not really the demand, but like the natural occurrence of people being like, oh, this was good. Where can I get it again? Exactly. Um, I want one of those. Sell me one. Sell you one. We only <laughs> made, we made a hundred. <laughs> I mean, here, have it. I'm not, I don't have any to sell. This is my inventory for the month. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, we went to our local lounge and said, hey, would you, could you sell this? They smoked it and said, yeah, we love it. But what is this That's band? That's powerful right there. So if you give it to a lounge owner, they smoke it and they think it's good enough to go on the shelf. I mean, it's hard to get shelf space. Yeah, um, but we didn't take one lounge owner for um, our friends, lounge owner. Um, I actually traveled for my job and was in Alabama and didn't know this lounge owner from anybody else. Um, and I gave him a cigar and said, I'm thinking about selling these. What do you think? And he absolutely loved it. He said, I'll buy them. Just you have to change the band. So I heard the same thing again. Love it, but change the band. So Why, I, what was the band? A number one on a white piece of paper. Oh, yeah. So super like. Super just, just so I know this, what I was yeah. smoking. Identify this, but there's no formality. Nothing. To the band. Nothing. White piece of paper with a right. piece of tape on it with a number one. <laughs> yeah, you need to change the band if I'm going to sell this. Right. Or it's going to go on the shelf unbanded. Right. So, um, looked into what bands would cost. Boom, bam, here I am. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? It is, but I mean, if I would have put more thought into it, because I took it as a hobby at first. Right. And I went from a hobby into a full-blown business that um, the two people that said that they would buy absolutely bought, flew to um, St. Thomas, that same Next day, flew to St. Thomas after I delivered the two. Got my third order in St. Thomas. 
and been rolling ever since and never put a real business structure together. What's hard about that? Now that I'm in full production, trying to go back with ambassadors, business structure together, thinking of it as a business and getting people to change as you change and change. People don't like change. That's yeah. yeah. And then it's a lot. It's hard um, when you don't have that structure already in place. Um, getting my bookkeeper when I first got him on board, he was just like, what is this? <laughs> Wait, you have a degree in finance. You taught finance, right? People that do hair always have the worst hair. People that do nails have the worst hair. <laughs> nails. People that know that, but a lot of bookkeepers tell they have the worst book, that worst tax right. situation. Because when you do it yourself, you don't want to do it for yourself. Right. Yeah, it's not like something that fulfills you. You're like, okay, I got to do the, it's like work. Right, it's I real work. work. Yeah. And then on top of that, I remember I was selling by myself. I was um, shipping. I was packaging. I was marketing. I was, you know, and on and on and on. And by the time it got down to structure and finance, it was just like, it'll get there eventually. Wow. We'll catch up. So total opposite of what all the business books teach us to do. Not even a business plan. Yeah. Business plan what? You didn't even have a business plan. <laughs> it was, do you like the Still scar? Don't. Could you sell it? <laughs> okay, I guess that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Business plan up here. So and you're <laughs> you're backing up, trying to take a bigger look at everything and cleaning up the rough edges of your entire yes. hobby slash business now. Yes. And it's been a big undertaking start as of November last year. Um, that's all I've been really focusing on because I have a great sales team and you guys sell. I have a distributor. You guys ship and receive and let me put the structure together. And it's not easy. No. Because now you got to put on that like project manager slash business entrepreneurial hat. Yes. And stretch your brain and your mind. So what is the biggest thing right now that you're stretching to learn so that you can keep up with the growth of your business? So I look at my business and not where I am now about where I want to go. So now it is always not current thought, it's future thought and trying to make sure that I have accounted for that with whatever structure I put in place. Sure. So, so really what you're, you're stretching yourself to do is pre-plan. Yes. yes. Pre-plan what I want to be in in the next, and how far out are you looking? A year? Um, Two years? No, no, no. I have one year, five year, 10 year, 20 year, and a 30 year plan. Sweet. Because I'm So holding... you're building out that business plan yes. as you go. Yes. And um, I'm, I hope that one of my kids, or if not both, decide that they want to take over. I have two girls, uh, but both of them know every cigar, every Vitola. Um, both of them know all the blends because when I had shipping and receiving, guess who was doing it? <laughs> I would give them an invoice and say, go package it up and ship it. It's a family business. Yeah. Do they enjoy it or is it more of like, oh, mom is sucking us in to her passion <laughs> and gosh... When she asks us, are you done with your homework? You're like, I don't know if I want to tell you if I'm done with my homework. That's my youngest. Yeah, really? <laughs> uh, it's a chore. Uh, okay. She doesn't like the chores. My oldest is like, okay. Um, because I do give them um, payment just like any other job. I right. pay them. Yeah. So, But my oldest is like roll up her sleeve. She's into it. She asks me lots of questions. She Have sees you thought the about it? Yeah. And I can see her taking over. And actually, um, 
I think that my youngest eventually will come around. If she does, she does. If she doesn't, that's okay. No she big has her deal, own right? Life. Yeah. Yeah. I, you appreciate the help now. Yep. And she probably appreciates the money. <laughs> um, that and um, I do, it's a value in hard work. There's value in that because she's not going to get, no one's going to get anything easy. And I want, they see what I do. They see how much effort I put into it. So whatever they say, they're not going to say, oh, my mom didn't show me how much work is going to be when they get out there because I did. You know what I think is funny is like if you take the aspect of hard work, it's hard work to get something. You have to work hard for it to get the return. I think it's also hard work to basically be lazy <laughs> or to try to get a handout. If you actually took that energy that it would take to try to make ends meet or to try to just not to try to coast, you would actually be doing something more productive. Absolutely. You know? Yes. So no matter what it is, it's hard work. No matter what, as people, we want to work. We want to produce something. Um, actually, even I take that step further because if you're asking me, um, well, how did you do that? Well, I can tell you how. And it's probably going to stick in your brain for about two minutes. But if you go research how, it's going to stick in your brain a lot more because you you found more value in it. You you found more than what I probably could tell you about it. Yeah, and it. then if you do it, it's even more stuck in your brain because it's yes. like, now I have to do it. Yes. That's the way I always had to study. It was like, I had to get a partner sometimes and then I had to be like, okay, this is this and this is why it's this way and this is what this means. Because then it was like, oh, I'm teaching myself yep. while I speak it out to you. Now you know why I love to teach because right. as I teach, I grow and learn because before I can stand up there, I have to understand it. I have to grow it. I have to know it. And so when people ask me the question, I'm able to answer it. And, I, and I'm really don't have a problem with you know what it's a great question i don't know let's all look it up together right anybody here know start okay, the journey yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start journey it, it, it is learning is so amazing to me okay so people who are passionate about learning what's what's the desiree rule book where are you starting to help learn to help you learn better um, for me, I'm an early morning person. So you have to actually know yourself, right? Um, if you're an early morning person like myself, you get up, you have your cup of coffee. And I, I've already, at, by the end of the day, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. So I'm looking at my what my yesterday told me I'm going to do today. You're planning for tomorrow already. Every day. That's interesting. Every day. That's so cool. before I go to bed, I have a list of things that I didn't get accomplished. A list. A yeah. written out list. How many things would end up on the list? Is it like a five point list? Does it depend on the day? It's a, sometimes it's a, so in the beginning of the month, I'll start with a growing list. Just grows. Every day I try to list out five things I want, five or 10 things I want to accomplish or whatever I feel like is accomplishable for that day. Sure. Some things are crossed off. Sometimes nothing's crossed off, but it goes on to the next day. Sure. So whatever's not crossed off goes on to the next day. If I have two or three things that are oh, easy, I go to my running list, my big list for that month, and I put something else on there. I cross those off. So by the end of the month, I can go back and say, look what I've accomplished. That's awesome. It gives me great joy to say, oh my gosh, I made great yeah. progress. Without that, I'm always feel like I'm just doing, I'm never That's accomplishing. That's where I'm stuck. I'm just doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. I'm not seeing all the stuff I've done yeah. to feel good and not 
it's almost like you got to get rid of that anxiety because there's always something new yep. to be done. So the anxiety of always having to do something is always there. It's a small thing. Take 10 or 15 minutes out your day. The first day is going to be the hardest because you're going to write down everything that you think you need to do. And then you're going to do continue by adding on to that list. Every time you think something, add on to that month list. And then you just every day add on. And at the end of the month, you reward yourself by looking at it and say, look what I've done. It's yeah. almost like somebody patted you on the back. Yeah, you did. Yourself. Yes, yeah. like, oh, and you need did. that in life yeah. because there, I, I used to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just not doing anything. I don't even know why. This is just endless, pointless. And then until I started to really, I started doing it small portions until I started to implement it regular in my life. It, it, it just, it's just so much more fulfilling for me now. It's part of what you do now. But so how long have you been doing this or when did it kind of start for you? Um, probably about two years now. Okay. Yeah. Was it because of drunk chicken cigars that you needed to start doing this or was it just personal? I, I did it on a small, smaller scale. I didn't do it every single day. I did a running list for the month. I always did that okay. um, to keep up with working full time, being a teacher full time and, you know, with my kids and keep their schedule. Keep stuff organized yeah, here. So we I got always stuff did to a do. running list, household thing. But now I take 15 minutes out of my day before my day ends, whether it's work day or go to bed and try to write down those things. And if I forget it, that's okay. Right. Right. First thing in the morning. Okay. Now let's start my day. Don't hurt yourself. Punish yourself for not doing it. Right. Just, Okay. Didn't get it done yesterday. What am I going to do today? Yeah, don't give up on getting it done. Right. Just because you didn't do it during the time period that you thought you would. Exactly. And then sometimes things get a little bit more complicated than you think. It just moves from one day to the next. Right. Brilliant yeah. advice. Yeah. I mean, time management is important when you are juggling so many things. Yeah. And you got a lot of things to juggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. So, Okay. With everything that's going on, how the hobby has progressed, looking back on it, you've already said you wished you would have had more structure in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But looking forward, you're talking about planning one, three, five, and so many years ahead. What is the things, what are the things, or what is the thing that you want to be doing to make sure that you're setting up the future? So we're looking retrospective. We wish we would have set a, a good foundation. What's going to help you or Drunk Chicken Cigars grow for the future? What are we looking at doing? What's our one thing? Um, I'm looking at, um, so I'm, I'm kind of doing some market research and seeing like, you know, what are, you know, some um, common things um, with, I'm looking at JC Newman. I'm looking at Rocky Patel. I'm looking at um, um, AJ. I'm looking at the big guys and what is the, some of the common um, things that they're doing um, that are making them successful. And I'm trying to book, um, book, bookmark, um, gauge those things and seeing where I feel like I can fit that aspect of it into my business. I know it's not necessarily a now thing, but is it a five-year thing? Is it a 10-year thing? Is it a 20-year thing? And so those are the things that I'm working into my future plan. Um, but, you know, you have to start looking at who is successful, 
Why are they successful? What's making them successful? And yeah, I know I'm not going to go out there and do full page ads and yeah, right. um, giving away a million cigars and do a party like Drew Estate right at this point. But there are some commonalities that I can actually gauge and then say, this is where I would like to fit them into my business plan. So you're doing market research. I love that to get ready for the future. And you're learning from people who have already done it. Yes. So much of what we do is learn behavior from each other, learn techniques from each other. Can, re can anyone really ever say that they've pioneered or done something 100% original? Albert Einstein? Really? <laughs> Maybe Albert Einstein. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very few and far between, right? Um, originality is, um, it has a perspective. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's very subjective. That's a good way to yeah. say it. It has a perspective. It might be original for you, yes. but it's probably not the first time someone's ever done that. And I would tell you most things is not the first time anybody do it. it might be the first time somebody's done it that way. Most, first times anybody's seen it that way. First time anybody's presented it that way or presented it to you that way. Right. Um, so, um, it is. You, you learn and you don't necessarily just, oh, I'm a copy paste. You copy, you add, you subtract. That's and, where the originality comes in. You right. add your yes. thing. Right. And then you, you do move it your forward way. with that. And then be true to yourself. Because if I'm going to try to be AJ, I'm going to fail because I'm not AJ. I'm not, I'm not JC Newman. So I'm going to fail. I'm setting myself up for failure. So be true to who you are, what your values are, and what you, your beliefs are. Very well said. Yeah. When do you think it's visible when someone's not being true to themselves? How can you sniff that out and, and recognize it? Because we all can kind of, but what do you think is the tell, the giveaway? So I don't want to say that I'm, you know, the judge of that or anybody else should be the judge of that. I would tell you that from a person, you need to look, within yourself and make that determination if you're true to yourself or not and what that means to you because somebody else can look at you and say you know what that tie does not really fit your personality but you look at it and go yeah this absolutely is me you know and so yeah, people are going to judge people are going to have um, a, a thought about who you are what you are because of what you present to the world right but only you can make that determination if you are what you are, how you are, and why you are. So. Right. Yeah, that's really well said. You're absolutely right. There is judgment. And I, I suppose I kind of framed it that way. But it's just every once in a while you do see that person who you don't think is living that 100% authentic person that they are. Like they might have just grabbed onto that idea, pulled it in, but they really truly don't fit well, that. So <laughs> If they're not speaking it. Right. Then that's, that's where you start going, ask the questions then. Right. And so, okay, from that perspective, if you're talking to somebody and they're um, presenting something to you and they're unable to present it in a manner that feels authentic or feels like they're presenting something that um, they're passionate about, keep asking questions. And at some point you're going to go, eh, I'm not exactly sure that you even believe in yourself. Right. So... Well said. I, I I'm a huge go with the flow and my <laughs> wife isn't. And it was sometimes we would butt heads. So I've learned how to deal with it. 
is your husband a go with the flow kind of guy or was is that always been something that you guys have had to work on no he's structured i'm not yeah um and i'm i'm a little ocd on things that he's not right. ocd so um we kind of balance each other in that way that's so great yeah that's so. the way i feel about my wife it's not like a we butt heads and then that's end it's like a it's like a okay conflict but yeah. let's figure this out so we balance each other out yeah and it's super good super good <laughs> I do have to ask you, in the beginning, were there was there a moment that you thought this whole thing is probably gonna fail? I should just go back to it being a hobby. Oh, uh, every day. Every day. <laughs> what specifically about that though? Like why why? Um, it takes a lot. I mean, when you're talking about future growth, um, uh, there's a lot of juggling that you'd have to do to, to make that happen. And there's a lot of um, people that are asking questions that are relying on you um, that want to have answers. And I don't know if I always have the answer or the right answer. Um, so there's times that a lot of times I go, yeah, I could just smoke cigars. And yeah. I tell people, you know, when they go, um, when I get negativity, let me tell you something. I will smoke every single one of these cigars by myself and be a happy camper before I let you make this negative impact on me. Right. So I, I am not going to take that negativity and own it. I just, I will smoke them all and have, and be happy. Sure. Yeah. Cause <laughs> that's how you started, right? Yeah. Like, oh, these are all cigars I like. Yeah. Okay, well then, that's a great segue into, do you try to apply customer suggestions to your brand or is it a, a select vetted few that you rely on? Um, no, uh, I, um, even like, even when going from the hobby to business structure, one of the first things I did was grab people from all over, focus groups and say, hey, would you smoke this cigar? Yeah, sure, but you have to come on this Zoom with me if you're going to do that. And when you're smoking it, all I want you to do is tell me about the scar, what the notes are, what are you feeling, what are you learning, tell me. And I took those notes and used those for my description. So, oh, great. Yeah, so it's, those descriptions aren't just my thoughts. Those are, um, it wasn't select few. People I met, people I was introduced to from New York, um, California, Florida, there were people all over the um we were quarantined. And right. so I took that as we're home. Let's smoke a cigar and let's talk about it. So I gave away some cigars to people. I'll mail you this. Only thing I'm asking you is show up on this Zoom. And 90% of the people did it. That's so cool. And um, so did I take their suggestions? Absolutely. Um, and I still do. When I did the homicidal hen, people kept saying, oh, it's not full body enough. It's not full body enough. Um, so I tried to give, um, make something that was fuller. That's why I made the homicidal hand. And I went out and started asking people. I went through about 30 iterations of that before I got people going, I love that. I love that. Repeated. I love that. I love that. I love 30 that. 30 iterations. Or more. I just kept changing. kept wow. adding. And then I realized something through the process. People confuse body with strength. So I'm Always. hearing I want something full body and I'm trying to make something stronger in strength. But what they're telling me is they want more of a, a, a spice and stronger. And, and I like smooth cigars. So I'm making cigars smooth, but fuller in strength. 
So that's something was a learning process for me, hearing my customers say one thing and interpreting different. Right. So the next time I make a cigar, um, I hope it's going to be fuller in body. Uh, it may be a milder, maybe a medium scar. It may be a, a, a strength. It may be a full, full right. of strength. But I'm understanding now from what, you know, when they're smoking it, well, I love this, you know, strength or the body, but they're not, we're not always speaking the same term. That's so true. And we get that question all the time. And I, I even get it confused. It's like, is this strength or is this body? Because strength can be hidden inside a very well-blended cigar. Yes. So people are like, hey, is that a strong cigar? I'm like, I am the wrong person to ask because I actually do not know if it's strong. What I know is, is it blended well to the point where I'm liking it? Yeah, I like it. Or, well, was it strength or body that threw you off like that you didn't like it? I go, I don't know. I just... It like, you know, it was like, boom. And it was like, I don't really like that. Right. So, right. yeah. So that that's one of the things that I I've learned through this process um, that they're um, when listening to my customers, I'm learning to ask different questions now. OK. Yeah. So you kind of have like a little playbook of questions. Yeah. So when you tell me, oh, I want a full body cigar. OK, so what is it about the cigar that makes a full body to you? Is it more spicy? Is it like heavy when you smoke it? Or is it that um, you get more of a nicotine kind of rush in your head? Because there is a difference. OK, so if somebody says they like the flavor, that's I want a I want a stronger cigar. I want more flavor. That's, that's more body. body. If they say I want a stronger cigar, I'm not getting the nicotine buzz. That's strength. Strength, yes. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that because it's always difficult to put those two together. Yeah, so, so I say, oh, um, my mother clucker, I used to say it's spicy. People go, that's not spicy. To me, it's spicy. But they're looking for a spicy, harsh, harshness that I call harshness, they call body. So it's just it's just different terminology, different way to describe it, but I'm learning. That's so great. So as you've developed your palate, what's the like Desiree top three to get it better and better every day? What are the top three exercises or tips or tricks that you're using to get a better palate for cigars? I don't, you know what? Um, or maybe what, it's just one. One thing for me is I'm not always going to rely on my palate anymore. I, I relied on my palate because I was buying, smoking the cigar, making the cigars for me. Right. Now I'm in a different position. I'm making cigars for customers. So I'm not going to rely on my palate. So developing my palate is a great thing, but making sure I listen to my customers, um, getting customer feedback, understanding um, what I'm hearing um, when I'm talking to people at different events and things like that, and seeing what's new out there um, and why it's so new and sexy and seeing if that's something I should or should not incorporate. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to keep my um, eye and ear and palate on the market. That's perfect. What things though, okay, so as much as we ask customers what they want, how they want it, sometimes there's a saying that the customer doesn't know what they want. And then there's also this aspect of trying to go above and beyond the customer's expectations. So how are you trying to go above and beyond or deliver something possibly that's 
far superior than what the customer is even asking for. So for me, again, being true to myself, I'm, I am um, making cigars that are high quality, well-constructed. What, um, what these cigars are made, smooth cigars, consistent, See, so that's what I'm trying to deliver now. Consistency, quality, and something that when you pick up a drunk chicken cigar, you're going to go, this is what I picked up the last time. Okay. And so that's why I'm trying to... Um, did you struggle with my... that before, before, like early on? I did, yes, because, um, you know, we were, you, we bought, bought from, uh, we source our tobacco. So not every palate that we buy is going to be the same. Um, so we learned, I learned that I have to, um, anytime we do new palettes, making sure that we may have to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we learned that. So consistency, quality. Cause it's um, not like a recipe where you can say, add a cup of sugar, add two <laughs> cups of flour and boom, you're going to get this magical cigar. Exactly. It might be that you need to cut some of that one out. It's not a cup of that anymore. It's only a th three quarters of a exactly. cup. Exactly. And you got to add this one. And then actually we have to add a little bit of this one to mellow this all out. Yeah. So we definitely, um, anytime we get new palettes, test it, test it against some older ones that we've had, um, making sure that the consistency is there. Um, so, yeah. And then I learned that I can't roll um, my darker leaves at the same time I do my lighter leaves. Um, the darker leaves shrink up a little bit tighter than the lighter leaves. And when you get on a roll and you're doing the lighter leaves and you and you start rolling the darker ones at the same time, well, they're going to shrink up harder. And, and so <laughs> it causes a, a problem with sometimes with the pull and the draw. Sure. Yeah. So That's interesting. So you're changing up the density of the cigar based on the way it's going to perform. Yeah, so now we um, roll one blend a day. Um, so we're not, or one size a day. So there we're not- Yeah, because um, it's like muscle memory, right? You, yes. You can't go from one to the other without it, having some failures with trying to figure out how to change. Well, we did that and we learned the hard way. Really? <laughs> yeah. So learning the hard way, does that mean you had to buy back product, comp it, take the responsibility? Yep. All of that. How does that affect you and your business? I affect the bottom line. I mean, it costs me money, but at the end of the day, um, it's a learning process. And if you're in business, you, you need to be able to take it on the chin sometime. Um, you need to be able to apologize. You need to be able to say, hey, um, this happened um, and here you go. Uh, you know, these are 100% hand rolled. There are absolutely no machines involved. People have bad days. You're going to have a bad stick every once in a while. But, you know, we're here to hopefully make your smoking experience better. Right. And have as minimal amount of hiccups as possible. Minimum, minimum, minimum. Do you have any cigars that you thought this is going to just be a massive hit and it just turned out to be a flop and you had to scrap it? Um, so I, I made a cigar for a shop out in Texas and we called it the extreme and we launched it. Um, we has, we have more problems with the extreme, um, getting it launched, um, trying to get that band made. Uh, well, it just, we just really have so not even the cigar. It was like all the other ancillary things alongside of it. And then we, um, sat back and looked at everything and said, look, we have, um, 14 or 15 different Vitolas right now. Whoa. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, we only have, at the time, we had seven blends. Seven blends, but 14 different Vitolas, gotcha. Yeah, it was 15 or 16 at the time. And we were like, what can we, you know, we, we need to be good at this group here and consistent with this group. And, and, and maybe we're moving faster than we should. Sure. So not that the um, extreme wasn't good, but the extreme was the last extreme we were having problems with. Bye bye extreme right now. You gotta you gotta pull that energy elsewhere. Yeah. So we that's pulled so it back. smart as a business owner and just as a person in general. Why keep dumping energy into something that's not going to produce? Right. And in the, it may produce later. Right. But right now, um, I'm enjoying the boxes I made. Exactly. <laughs> and they're great smokes. Um, but I just I can't put the energy in trying to launch it for sale right now. Right. I need to establish my brand. Um, and that's the most important. And then once the brand is established, then we'll start adding more in. But I don't see um, in our next three-year plan any new cigars until um, we are a little bit That's more established. Awesome. The next three years, you're just going to dedicate to making what you got going just that much better. Yep. The consistency and the reliability that is going to come from drunk chicken cigars is just going to be on point. So yes. we know every time we pick one up, it's always going to be similar. Not yep. the same, but it's going to be that cigar we expect it to be. Yeah. Yep, it's going to be, yeah. So we're, we're focusing on our brand um, right now. I love that. So smart. Love it. Okay, give me the Desiree top three cigars. I'm going morning, afternoon, and night. What cigars am I joining you with for morning, noon, and night? Morning, I'm definitely doing a sweet dream. Sweet dream in the morning goes great with coffee. It's got that nice sweet tip but not oversweetened to the point where it's an infusion. Right. It's just a nice sweetness right on the mouth. Do morning, you sweeten the rest of the cigar or is it just the mouthpiece that you sweeten? Just the mouthpiece. Got it. Um, I'm a big thing on infused cigars. Um, I'm concerned about um, what, how the infused process, not all infused is the same infused. Right. And when you're burning it, um, what are you burning? Right. So, um, so you Typically not burning past there. So right. you're not burning anything but when you do that. So my perspective, my perspective only, um, and I haven't done enough research on it to um, give it any more thought than that. Got it. So what's my afternoon cigar? So in the afternoon, I typically like a medium cigar. So I either go with a um, fat hand, mother clucker, or living the dream. More, no, more fat hand, mother clucker. Um, uh, because I want a, a little bit more body. I'm into my groove. I'm like top speed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can burn off a little bit more. Uh, the afternoon, depending on how many other cigars I smoked that day. If you I mean smoked the evening? A lot, in the evening? In the evening, okay. Yeah, evening, I'm sorry. If I smoked a lot of cigars, I'm going with something light again because I've already smoked a lot of cigars. So yeah, some people will go light, medium, full, and you're going light, medium, light. Yeah. Let your let your palate cool down, still enjoy that great cigar, but not overpower your palate. Yeah, I want to cool down, chill out, relax. Um, sometimes so which I one get a little bit smoking? more buzz with the uh, fuller cigars, So, and I don't really like that okay. for myself. Um, but if I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm drinking whiskey and I will have a full cigar, but I'm not leaving my house either. Yeah. 
So what's that that evening cigar on the light side that you're grabbing for? You going back to the sweet dream that we started the day with? Um, either living a dream um, or sweet dream. Sweet dream sometimes when um, can be a little bit much on the sweetness when I'm um, doing whiskey or something like that. I don't really want that the competing flavors. Um, so I will go with the living a dream that's really smooth and doesn't compete with anything. Nice. Compliments. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sitting down with us, running through how you ended up starting this amazing brand. Check it out, everyone, at DrunkChickenCigars.com. It's phenomenal artwork. The naming and the whole convention behind it is just a blast. Desiree, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me, and I look forward to um, hanging out with you for the rest of this weekend. Absolutely. I can't <laughs> wait. That's another episode of Box Press. We're wrapping it up here at PCA. We got more interviews coming. And as always, protect those cigars with Boveda. Have a blessed day.